The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Madrasa on A. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And as you heard that jingle in the background, it is now time for our program. Inshallah, I'm your host, Yasmina. But further ado, let me start off the program. If you have just joined in, then don't worry, you haven't missed anything yet. We are just by introducing the program. I'm going to be introducing none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. Sheikh, Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, it's a new day with uh, some new um, information in which we can capture, inshallah, and that will benefit us throughout the day. So, how is Sheikh doing? Fine, alhamdulillah. How's yourself, Auntie Yasmina? Um, alhamdulillah, Sheikh. We can start with the program being Knowing My Lord. First segment, to know that the rules are as follows with regards to sending through your questions. You can do that via WhatsApp as well as our SMS. WhatsApp for you is 072-238-0712. For SMS, you need to contact 47913. Questions in which Sheikh is um, being mentioned about and questions in which Sheikh is speaking about with regards to the segment Knowing My Lord. However, if you have a question that is not related to the topic or the program, then it will be broadcasted or followed through to the other programs, inshallah. But for now, I allow Sheikh to give us a recap as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday in the segment Knowing My Lord. Sheikh Tafatlum. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala mala nabiya ba'd. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasir li amri wa ahlul uqtatam min lisani yafqahu kawli. اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله all thanks and praises due to Allah to Allah always and forever and love and salam to our beloved Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم his family, his friends and all those who follow his path may Allah grant us to be amongst him آمين آمين يا رب الألمين الحمد لله um, respected listeners out there, before we actually starting with our with this segment, um, can we put our hands together in dua? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Adamin, Ar Rahmanir Rahim, Maliki Yomidin, Iya can Abudua, Iya can Stain, Ihdina Siratal Mustaqim, Siratal Ladina and Amta Alehim, Gairin Magdubi Alehim, Waladalin. Amin. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sami'ul alim. Wa tuba alayna innaka anta tawwabur rahim. Rabbana zidna ilma wa rizukna fahma. Allahumma ja'alna minal ladhina yastami'una al-qawl. Fayattabi'una ahsana birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana Muhammad. Wa ala ali wa ashabi wa barik wa sallim. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillah, thanks and praises due to Allah till always and forever. As we've said, may Allah grant us khair and barakah all of us insha'Allah. In this program that we're dealing on this segment, calling Knowing My Lord, we dealt yesterday with the Qissa of Nabi Musa and we went to the section after the demise of, or after the Nabi Musa went over the, the Red Sea with his people and Allah allowed Fir'aun to drown in the process. And then we see and we've taken you to some verses in Surah Baqarah, Surah number 2, 
And we said to you, you must go to verse number 47. And I would recommend that the people actually get themselves exposed to those ayah that we actually expose them to so that they can see the exposure that there is of what Allah shares with us. And we look at it and we read it and we try to understand how Allah tells us who these people are. Now, it's imperative for us to recognize this is the message of Allah in the Holy Quran. And Allah does not have any intention to tell us stories to think ill of other people. But Allah tells us so that we may be able to reflect where do we stand with these things, right? And, 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 and we need to understand, as we've said in yesterday's the, the verses of Allah, where Allah says, Allah guide us to the straight path. Then Allah says to us, Allah teaches us to want to be of those righteous people, to want to do the right thing, to live in accordance with what Islam expects to do. Because that makes us Muslim and that makes us the value of the great reward by Allah. That path away, the people who has been favored in so much. But Allah Ta'ala also tells us about the Yahud. The fact of them is that they've been favored a lot. They've had many, many favors. And Allah wants us to reflect. Now, if Allah is going to give us a lifestyle where there is many favors in, so much benefit, so much good, so much quality, so many benefits that we can benefit from Allah, if that is the reality, then we need to look at how we respond. Are we the people that are worthy of appreciation do we show appreciation to Allah do we go out of our way to thank Allah to show we are good about it and what is the type of thanks that we are doing or are we like other people when they were given so many favors they were careless they didn't care or are we arrogant may Allah protect us ever to be arrogant or are we misguided and not guided to the straight path that we do not know better and we remain then unfortunately of those who will go astray because we don't know better didn't want to ever know better and billah may allah protect us right so allah wants us to understand the reason why allah exposed us to that of the other people because in that exposure we see what did that what was the the, the law or the the challenge given to them and how did they respond to that challenge and what was the result of what is going to be the result in the year after with them same with us for Allah to expose us so that we can understand if this is the way Allah Ta'ala put the challenges on people he puts the same challenges on us and how do we respond to those challenges if we respond in the same way that those people that were obedient the reward is we were going to be successful in the year after if we respond in the way that the other people responded to the challenges of Allah in wanting to be arrogant and adamant and you don't tell me and I know better and Islam is not about this that and the other if you're this type of people billah, may Allah protect that we are not of that but unfortunately we will land up in the same place where they landed up if for that matters that that is what we do now now what we're trying to do in this message is to let us understand allah does not wish for us to be treated like others but allah wish for us to be able to be of the ummah of the nabi sallallahu alayhi wa those people who allah wants to grant them the entry into entry into jannah without meeting up the difficulties of the fire of Jahannam.
If you have any questions with regards to our first segment being Knowing My Lord, you can forward them through through the WhatsApp number that is 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. She is now going to be recapping as to where she stopped just before the break and also continuing on the segment Knowing My Lord. Sheikh Tafatou. Shukran for that one, Yasmina. In the verses we mentioned to you yesterday, uh, the words of Allah in verse number 47 where Allah tells us Ya Bani Israel adhkuru ni'mati allati an'amtu alaykum wa anni faddaltukum ala al-alameen In that verse Allah says to us remember my favor which I bestowed upon you and that I preferred you to the creation to all mankind and to all creation prior that is for the period of time that you were and you as a people were in charge at at the time with Nabi Musa. So subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. As we said, Allah wants us to be able to see what happened to them. And Allah wants to say to us as well, remember my favor upon you, which I've bestowed on you. You are the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Remember my favor I've bestowed upon you. And that I preferred you amongst all mankind, but in your period. And so yes, they are people who are living today, the Yahud, and you are living, so you are a better people in that my preference are to you, but your, my preference is to you only if you in this period put your submission to my path, to following what I've commanded, to doing what I've instructed, to be able to do and live in that accordance and not want to be arrogant or adamant or ignorant and don't want to be careless you want to be a Muslim not by saying I want to be but that you want to be by your tongue and it is expressed in your character in your behavior in your mannerism in the way you love this Dean so yes this Dean is all about saying it with your tongue but and more so that it comes forth and if you don't say it ever with your tongue but you love it and it's alive in your action then that is the real Islam. May Allah grant us to be Muslimin. So yes, it is not in your face that you wear or on the scarf that you wear. Yes, it is in that face and it is in that scarf. If Islam is not in the scarf, then you don't have Islam. And if it's not in your face, then it's no, it's no Islam. Yes? Uh, uh, I, I don't really mean that the face... It is a pure sign of the Islam in you. And you are concerned and you love and you have a care for this deen and you want to promote it in your character and your behavior so it's not about the talking of the face it's by living that face by living your character interacting with everybody in a manner in a way that you recognize your submission to Allah his commands is what you do and that the way you deal with all people around you with love respect and honor and dignity very very important right so Islam is all about loving it and what did they say to Allah? Allah says to them, remember this favor I bestowed upon you. And Allah says, I preferred you above others. So Allah is now preferring the ummah, Allah to you. And I know that Allah prefers the ummah of Islam. But that is in 
this period until now, and in this period, which is the final period until Yawm Al-Qiyamah, you and I are not prepared to want to submit to Allah. May Allah forgive us all. May Allah grant us tawbah. May Allah grant us to repent. May Allah grant us to come back. Then Allah is going to give us the same reward as those people who were adamant and arrogant and ignorant and not prepared to want to follow the path of Allah. May Allah forgive all of us. And so Allah, we said, Allah mentioned immediately after that, وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا So remember, fear a day. لَا تَجْزِي نَفْسٌ عَنْ نَفْسٍ شَيْئًا No person will be able to benefit anybody else. وَلَا يُقَبَلُ مِنْهَا شَفَاعًا And no you cannot speak on behalf of anybody. And you would not be able to be the representing of anybody. And you will not be able to assist anybody in that time. Now that is the law of Allah we've mentioned. And then we've showed you how Allah mentioned Remember and Allah speaks to the, to the Nasara, to, to, to the Yahud, I'm sorry. Remember, we assisted you, we helped you from, from Fir'aun and his, the onslaught that they had against you. He had all the problem forms of difficult and comforts and challenges he placed on you. You would kill your sons. And you would abuse your ladies. In that Allah tested you to see how you're going to come out of that. And then Allah says, and remember we also helped you and granted you that we, we opened up the sea for you. فَأَنْجَيْنَاكُمْ And we thereby granted you success out of the hands of Fir'aun. وَأَغْرَكَنَا الْفِرْعَوْنَ Whilst at the same time, we then caused that very sea who opened up for you to be able to close for Fir'aun. وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْدُرُونَ Whilst you have been observing this, you know this, you've seen it, and you've lived it in that period. And Allah was speaking to the Yahud as a people. Now people, we need to understand that this thing that is called Corporate punishment is when we say one person must get hiding for everybody else or collective punishment, right? And you want to give one person makes noise in the class and you eat everybody, you give everybody a hiding. But that is a common trend with when you're dealing in processes by the law of Allah. Allah shows us as a people, you and I have a responsibility to see that the Muslim ummah is alive in you. The Muslim ummah is alive in every one of us, in everybody. So I must see that Islam is alive in me. And each and every one of us listening must be able to see that Islam is alive in me, in each and every one of us. And we have the responsibility to see that Islam develops within and around and in the environment of us. And as far as we can go, we must be able to present Islam to everybody, more so to our own, to our families, to our children, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our, our environment. And they must be able to establish the law of Allah wherever they go. And we must see and make them aware of the fact that whatever efforts we've done, Allah is going to reward us. But Allah can also put unto us a sense of uncomfort for the fact that if they, our offspring, do not follow righteously similarly, 
Allah is going to keep us responsible if we do not pass over the true message of Islam and we do not love Islam and we do not practice or educate our families and guide them along to the truth of what Islam expects of them to do. And this is exactly what Allah is saying here to the Nasara, to the Yud, that they were granted certain things and what favors was given to them. And Allah wanted to give them these favors. And then when Allah, has, Allah mentions in the next verse, Allah says to us, وَإِذْ وَاعَدْنَا مُوسَىٰ أَرْبَئِينَ لَيْلَةً uh, Allah says, وَإِذْ وَاعَدْنَا مُوسَىٰ أَرْبَئِينَ لَيْلَةً ثُمَّ اتَّخَذْتُمُ الْعَيْجَلَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ Then we made an agreement with Musa, we made a, a, a pact with him that he was going to be with us for 40 days and he was going to leave you people and at that period whilst he was away you chose as a people to be able to create a golden calf and you started to worship this golden calf you will be unjust and unfair for all the favor given to you at that moment you you didn't even have the insight or the wisdom or the understanding to show appreciation just imagine you just came out of the difficulty of being in the presence of your own where you were made, meeting up with all the diff, different kinds of challenges that Allah has allowed for your own to put onto you but yeah Allah saved you out of all that and granted you this opportunity but at that moment at that crucial moment in your life when Allah took Nabi Musa away from you to the mountain and allowed to be able to interact with Musa so that Musa can bring you the Torah and grant you insight and grant you understanding you chose at that moment where you were taken away when Nabi Musa was taken away you chose at that moment to create a golden calf out of the gold that you brought away from Egypt and you then at that moment abuse the laws of Allah and you worship the cow subhanak isn't this the moment that you should show Allah appreciation isn't this the moment that you should look at all your weakness and all your faults and all your errors and then submit yourself in appreciation to the favors of Allah but Allah is not speaking as we said Allah is directly speaking to the Yahud and reminding them but the objective of the Qur'an is that all the reminders is there, not for that people only. Let us not use it as a means to be able to say, Ya Bani Israel, so the Jews, you, this, that, and the other. Nay, that is not the reason for the Qur'an. The revelation of this Qur'an is for the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so that they, the Ummah of Muhammad, can do an introspection into themselves. So this message is for them. For Allah has spoken to Nabi Musa and to the people of Nabi Musa already, in the Quran, Allah reminds us so that we can take an introspection into ourselves. Where do you and I fit in? Where do you fit in and where do I fit in? And how is our life in the relationship to that commands that Allah has put onto us? Allah tells us of the commands and the favors of the other people so that we can reflect on our favors. How many favors has Allah given us? When you are Muslim, when Allah has selected you to be of the Ummah of Muhammad wasallam, isn't that the favor by excellence? Tell me all the other favors, is it equal to that? You can see, you can hear, you can eat, you can drink, your heart is beating, your, bl your blood is flowing through your body, you breathe in, you breathe out. Those are insignificant, very, very small favors in comparison to this great favor that Allah selected you of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you and me, to be of this Ummah of this Nabi, 
but to be the believers of that Ummah, Ya Rabb. May Allah grant us to be appreciative. May Allah grant us to become Muslim. May Allah pardon us for our errors and our sins. May Allah lead us with insight and knowledge to be able to serve this deen in its best format. Oh Allah, grant us the moment of departure to be the best moment of our life. Grant us this moment of leaving this dunya, the moment that we are in the issue of Tawbah, having accepted your pardon, O oh Allah, and be ready to live the finality, having been ready to be able into to the moment of meeting with you, O oh Allah, and pardon us already now, not waiting for that moment to come, for we might be waiting for too long. Ya Rabb, na'udhu billah. Or we might be waiting and hoping it's going to happen, then it already happens because it will happen very sudden. And if it happens suddenly, none of us might have the right to be able to ask Allah for pardon. But we beg Allah, grant us ability to seek pardon now already so that we be able to come to understand our deen and love our deen, not want to see that we've just been pardoned. And because of the pardon, we're going to enter Jannah. But we did not want to live this dunya of being obedient slaves and obedient to the path of Allah. May Allah pardon us, forgive us for our shortcomings, and make us Muslimin in its true sins and realize how fortunate we are. Absolutely fortunate. Na'udhu billah. Subhanak. Well, Lord, this is what Idwa Adina Musa Arba'ina Laylatan. Thumma takhathtumul ajil. You took then the ajil. The, the golden calf, in that period when he was not there, and you were unjust to yourselves. Then Allah says, immediately after that, in the next verse, We then, on the word of Nabi Musa, we pardoned you, we forgave you, we, we, we saw into your faults and errors, we realize that you are but human, you have done many, lived a lifestyle that was uncomfortable, your circumstances was not very, very easy then, and we pardoned you completely, as if no sin has been done, with the fact that you've actually made the, the, the golden calf, we pardoned you with all that, but with a hope and intention, Allah says, that you can reflect on my favor and you can reflect how fortunate you need to be and how much you need to show Allah that you appreciate all that that comes from Allah. Ya Rab. But the same for you and me Muslims. Allah starts up the Holy Quran by saying to us, Alhamdulillah, all thanks and praise belongs to Allah. Gratitude belongs to Allah. Thankfulness belongs to Allah. No matter for what and for who, for when, for why and for how, all of them together, everything is Allah Ta'ala is the one who is deserving alone. He deserves alone. He is alone deserving, purely deserving of the gratitude of appreciation and of thankfulness that we need to show to Allah. May Allah grant us to be people with understanding, realization that we need to go out of our way to thank Allah, to show Allah that we appreciate this great favors that Allah has given to us. And Allah said to the Yahud, 
ثم عفونا عنكم من بعد ذلك لعلكم تشكرون with the hope and intention you come out of that ignorance that stupidity that foolish acts that you did by building a calf and doing just what you want to we pardoned you on the single purpose single reason is that you come out of that and you become humane you become sensible you come to your sense you develop out of the deep ignorance that deep arrogance you come out of that and you develop to become human beings you remain in your process to be able to recognize that you are but the slaves of Allah and as slaves you need to submit to him and show him honor and show him appreciation may Allah grant us the understanding of that and that we live to that sense then Allah Ta'ala goes to the next verse وَإِذْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ وَالْفُرْقَانَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ the other favor says Allah we gave them to Nabi Musa a book which we call the Furqan, that which that separates between justice and injustice, between right and between wrong, between darkness and between light, with the hope and intention that you can be guided onto the right path. You can be taken out of misguidance and you can be truly guided. Subhanak la hawla illa billah. What a statement Allah makes. But this very verse is a reminder to us where Allah says, وَإِذْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابِ And we've given Musa the book. Have Allah not given our Nabi Muhammad وسلم, the final book? The book that has everything, every detail, that fits us for everything that you and I even is going to go through? May Allah open the path for all of us. May Allah forgive us what is best for our dunya and akhirah, that we come to recognize the qualities of the verses of the Qur'an. Amen. And the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim. Abram's ending off that segment on a beautiful note there, the segment of Knowing My Lord. And now we're crossing over to our second part of the program, and that is I Am A Muslim, What Is Expected Of Me? And here Sheikh is going to be doing a recap for us once again, just to give our brain a little bit of a refresher as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday. Sheikh Tafatou. Shukran jazakallah In this segment, I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? We were yesterday on, this, on the subject matter of fitra, and we described the word the fitra to be something natural in practices, and we've given you the exposure of the fitra from other means and other, other ahadith, right, that we've dealt with, ayat of Allah, and, 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 uh, and ahadith that is known. But uh, we want to mention to you the two ahadith that was mentioned to us in the subject of the sunan of al-fitra, that the natural practices that needs to be in the life of every human being more so every Muslim. It must be a natural practice. It's not something that is specific to the Muslim Ummah. It was a natural, it's called the fitra. Our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says in the words of Abu Hurairah, he said that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, five are from the natural practices, are from the fitra. The first one is circumcision, shaving the pubic hairs, plucking the armpit hairs, clipping the nails of the, the fingers and the toes, and trimming the mustache. Those are the five in the, the one hadith. And then in the other hadith, it's mentioned by Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha, she says that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi said to her that there are ten things from the natural practices. Trimming of the mustache, leaving the beard to grow, using the toothpick, putting water in, on the nose, clipping the nails, washing the knuckles and the fingers, plucking the underarm hair, hair and shaving the pubic hairs 
and uh, washing the the the, the, the uh, what we call the 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 istinja, and then uh, um, this is and rinsing the mouth. So we've seen that in this various ahadith, the means mentioning of the various things that is known to be the fitra. We then went into yesterday the the first one amongst a lot is called the circumcision. Now circumcision to us the Capetonian people we had the term the term that was the sunat. The sunat the the sunat what means he must be circumcised right now. This act, as we said in yesterday's discussion, is an obligatory act where the males is concerned. It must be done as obligatory. It must be done with all the males, right? Um, and it has been said by the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when a person entered into Islam, the Nabi said to him, "Cut off all the unwanted hairs on your private parts and under your arms and those things." And the Nabi called it "cut off the hairs of the time of." Unbelief, and get circumcised. The Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to him. So circumcision was something the Nabi saw must immediately happen when the child, when the person becomes Muslim. So part of that, the cleansing of is in Islam, is that with circumcision you clean your body, you keep the body clean, and because a means of cleansing that that happens with the body. The Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam indicated to us very clearly that it is the way of the Prophet Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasallam, and that Allah Taala around allowed him Nabi Ibrahim. He was circumcised after he became the age of eight years old. So it was norm in his life from the time of Nabi Ibrahim. But our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam indicated to us for this ummah. It is a norm ever since the time of Nabi Ibrahim, and Allah has allowed it to happen from there onwards as a norm in humanity. It's a, a, a natural thing, absolutely natural. All human beings, human beings who wants to be clean, nothing to do with Islam. Islam has now just taken to this furthermore because it is something very positive, but natural human beings with natural common sense, they would go for it. And you see that in the modern world today, even though the Western world did not accept circumcision and said it belonged to the people of the belief of the Jews and the belief of the Muslims, and they called it to belief, it was not, in the words of the Nabi sallallahu it does not belong to belief. It is a natural format of cleansing that people with common sense, people with knowledge, people with insight would normally do just as a normal common thing because it is recognized to be something that is destructive, that's harmful, that opens the door to many unjust and uneven things. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And so the circumcision in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam as to what would happen and to when <coughs> do we in this ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam do we practice this? Our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has recommended that this the circumcision to take place on the seventh day after the birth of the baby. The baby is born. Our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam recognized uh, recommended for us to be able to see that we have the child named on that day. And we circumcise that the child on that day, preferably. Now, if not, to do it immediately thereafter.
If there's anything that is preventative reasons and causes that, that, that to have it done immediately, as soon as that preventation takes its path away, then we and the doors is open now, then we immediately have the child circumcised. So circumcision in Islam from an Islamic perspective is extremely, extremely important and the Ummah needs to understand it's part of the necessity, it's a fart. It's not recommended, it's a fart. It's a necessity for every Muslim. We must and so if a person is not circumcised, then obviously the, 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 the urine uh, affects the, the penis completely and the child or the person remains filthy and dirty, stinking besides the fact that shaitan now connects with that child and that person in depth. And so we need to understand the cleansing of circumcision is to be able to become clean, to become clean and a way that shaitan does not affect the child or the adult. Shukran so much for that informative program and peace. We on our second part of the program, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. We are still in our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And yes, Sheikh is going to be continuing, inshallah, Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran, Jazakallah khair for that, Yasmina. Um, we're busy in, in this segment dealing with the circumcision and the importance of circumcision. We made the statement that this thing is obligatory. And please forgive me if I'm going to expose us to certain things. People, we still see a lot of non-Muslim children that is not being circumcised. Due to, unfortunately, the responsibility that was placed on the parents, they did not carry that out. Right? And please, if you don't know, mind, if you recognize and, and see that there is this, and most probably if I'm speaking now to a parent who recognizes that we did not fulfill the occasion, uh, appropriately then please see that you try to do that today fortunately in today's life fortunately children can be circumcised at a, at, at an age where you the the, the 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 at the clinics they would do circumcision if you go forward and speak at the clinic it can be de de done for a decent price or very very cheap or almost next to nothing if your circumstances is that which you can prove but um we do also know that circumcision is not an easy or a very cheap matter to do where, where children is concerned, but it is a necessity. So it's of necessity that the Muslim Ummah must be able to see that as if you have children, to be prepared to put money aside to see that the child is circumcised. And, and this is an uncomfortable situation to understand how serious is this matter. Now it has become so uncomfortably serious that We've dealt up with situations where people got married with a child who's been Muslim for many years and the child reaches the age of marriage and the child has an interest to want to get married and only thereafter it became clear that the child was not circumcised. Now, Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la illa billah. And I'm not, I'm not here speaking about the ill of the situation. I want us to understand how serious this is. Can you imagine? You meet up with a situation where somebody has to be buried and they want to clean this person and only to be able to become clear of the fact that this person has not been circumcised in his life. Allahu Akbar. Now, the person who actually informs us about this is the Tukamani who says to us, I do not have a direct link to the private parts of the person because it's covered. 
but the usage of certain things surely shows the means and ways it has happened and you know that this person is now a grandfather and he's been buried but at this stage the person has not been circumcised yet we cannot do anything that moment no nothing can be done you cannot circumcise this person at that time in his life but imagine the person returning back to Allah it was supposed to be when he was born that he was supposed to be circumcised as a young child and this was the advice of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam to understand the seriousness of this and you the parent are setting this child blatant to and frankly to shaitan do what you want with this child corrupt his mind destroy him take him off the path of Allah make him abuse you cannot blame the child then if you did not protect the protection process is the first protection process that Abi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has asked us to be able to do for our children is to be able to see that the child has been circumcised is more important than any other thing and the second one is to do what we call the aqiqa that you and I need to be able to slaughter a, a, one sheep if it's a girl and two sheep if it's a, a, a son so that they can be protected from the wrath of shaitan and Allah can guide them to righteousness and you and I want that for our children isn't it? we want Allah to grant them protection to grant them khair and barakah for their future and the method is two things that must be done or strive to do these two things more than anything else it's not the money that you have it's not the 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 the, the um, pampers that you buy or the baby clothing that you buy put money aside for these two things one num if you have a true concern for that child see that that child be, be sunnah be circumcised as early as possible if it's a boy and secondly see that those children that was born immediately being done what is known to be the aqiqa the aqiqa has two levels level one is the slaughtering of the sheep for that baby if it's a girl one sheep if it's a boy two sheep in the advice of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and secondly to have all the hair removed from the head of that baby and that to be able to weigh to be weighed and in value of gold that to be able to distribute it and Allah may put barakah and protection over that baby Ya Rabb in the words of the Nabi the best of gifts so yes um, we are dealing here with the circumcision to understand the seriousness of this and 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 i'm taking the matter slightly beyond the processes of where circumcision starts because if a person enters into islam today and he he is a muslim male then we must see that he or sh that he gets to be circumcised immediately because what happens why is circumcision there it is the four the 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 uh, the f uh, front part of the 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 private parts of the male that he, the skin, this the foreskin must be removed because if he goes to the toilet to relieve himself in urinating then unfortunately the urine goes inside the 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 top or the head of the uh, private parts of the male and it sticks there and it makes it dirty and it it doesn't clean so at the beginning we need to teach them whenever they go to the toilet to make sure that they clean themselves and that they actually wash it completely clean every time and make sure that they dry it out and nothing sticks in there that there's nothing in there as a norm beginning 
when they just became Muslim and then the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to them please have yourself circumcised now, we need to encourage them for circumcision because it is a fart and it's our responsibility to assist them especially if they came into this deen that you and I must be able to assist and help them guide them to what is the basic processes of cleansing in the life of a Muslim, may Allah protect. I must probably just want to mention to the Muslim Ummah the importance of the subject, okay, that if, if possible, there is, from a non-Muslim perspective, said that some of the priests says to their people that the circumcision is not needed. In the word of Jesus, in the words of Jesus in the Bible, not the word of any priest. You put all the priests together, they do not make the, the word of Jesus, and Jesus has spoken to them all and said to them that if they do not circumcise, they are equal or worse in the animal. Astaghfirullah. This is the word of Jesus in the Bible speaking to the non-Muslim because as we said it is fitra, it is norm, it is natural. All human beings with common sense, with having a mindset of understanding their lives and that's why Jesus spoke to his people and said to them the importance of circumcision and he says if any of you do not circumcise then for that matter you are equal to the animals out there Nahamudubillah and Nabi Isa would speak no less than what the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam would speak to us so the priest comes and they have and they one of them has got a saying by saying if you are circumcised in your heart if then you are circumcised and that's the circumcision that Jesus refers to. Jesus speaks and he guides us to tell us what the truth is. It is a physical fact that needs for cleansing. May Allah grant us to be of those who recognize and love it to the best of our ability. Amen. Shukran so much for that. Sheer. We are going into our second part still of the program being I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? She was speaking on circumcision as well as uh, if you are having a daughter then you can also slaughter sheep for the daughter as well. However do know that some of the queen Questions that you have sent through that is not related to the program will be forwarded on to our further programming. And also some of the questions in which you have for Sheikh, you can send them through to the WhatsApp number as well as our SMS number. Now Sheikh, here is a few questions that came through on our WhatsApp. It says, Salam Sheikh, my son-in-law turned Muslim at the age of 40 and said he cannot be circumcised. He is British and lives in the UK. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I think it's a very relevant question in the sense of the things that's happening in the day that we're living. First and foremost, I would love, love to be able to speak to our, pe our pe people on a general basis about this, this question. What you and I need to understand, and I'm referring to us as Muslims, that we do not go to the extent of having to make other people feel inferior when they become Muslim yesterday. Don't forget, your great-grandfather entered Islam when he was a very old man. And that's why you are Muslim. Shouldn't you be proud that Allah has granted you the purpose that you are Muslim? Or your great-grandmother, great they weren't born Muslims. They entered into this deed. So don't feel that you are superior ever, please, for heaven's sake, let us stop that. That we create the relationship with every person that enters this deen as Muslim. We embrace them and the Islam. And we embrace the fact that we have a responsibility that we don't ever pinpoint fingers or say anything unnecessary to them or make them feel inferior. Instead, we make them feel superior. We make them feel proud Muslims. And we be the backbone and support to them by guiding them and assisting them and showing them the way. Now, this person being from uh, the area called UK, 
Mr. Prophet, he comes from where he comes from, and that's why he has what he says. But let's they be amongst us, the Muslims, that guides those people who enter this deen. And show them the beauty of this deen. And show them what comes from Allah and His Rasul. And if this person is a Christian, show him what does Jesus say in the, 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 in the Bible to His people. What is, the real, what is real circumcision? And let them understand that the, the, the path is the path to Allah. Not to the prophets is the prophet to Allah. The prophet is the one who was sent to guide mankind how to be able to find the path to Allah Ta'ala. May Allah open the path to all of us, inshaAllah. And that you and I be there for the non-Muslims to support them and we do not use anything against them or make them feel inferior. Instead, we are there to assist them, to guide them. Now, allow me just to expose to you what has happened yesterday when your mom and your dad became Muslim. I'm sorry, my mom and my dad. When they became Muslim, and I'm speaking about our forefathers, when they became Muslim, they had an environment of other Muslimin who were proud to be Muslims and were more proud that they were granted the opportunity to assist uh, John and Peter and Mary for them to become Muslim. They were proud to make John uh, Abdullah and a wonderful Abdullah and they've taught him base one of them took the, the responsibility to teach him the basic sense of cleansing as a Muslim and part of that cleansing is to see that you need to go for Sunnah and they take that responsibility and guided them and taught them and gave them exposure to a new friendship and gave them what is the Islamic way of dealing in the in, in your life with interaction with various things that needs to happen like when there is a nikah like when there is somebody dying like all these things they were exposing those people to so that they can become a righteous Muslimin and they, they can, can become good leaders for their children and their families. Right? But that is your mom and your dad, that's your uncle and your aunt, and that's your grandfather father and grandmother. No, not yours, mine. It belongs to all of us. Yes, it's yours and mine, mine and yours. Let us not be of those arrogant, ignorant, stupid people who imagine ourselves to be better than others. And so I am not equal to... You are no less a Muslim than every other person who enters Islam today. You are no better a Muslim than most probably he is better than you. Because remember the moment he enters Islam, Allah forgives all his sins. And you are still a sinner. You, still a, you and I are still great sinners. And he, Allah, cleans himself completely. There is no sins on them. So let us not with ignorance and with, 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 with the fact that we do almost nothing, we, we think ourselves superior to others. You will never be superior to any other person. When he says, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna Muhammadur Rasulullah, you need to recognize him and her to be equal in Islam. And never ever do you say, never ever ever do you say, Ya Majid Khrista Muslim Khawati, scam for you. Shame upon you who dare those words from your tongue. I trust the Muslim Khawati, it was your responsibility. Yes, mommy, sister, it's your responsibility. Brother, it's your responsibility to have assisted them. You should feel so terrible that you did not do your duty. Instead, you have the capacity to still have ill words to say and make that person feel bad. 
Na'udhu billah, mag Allah vir ons muslimin maak. Moenie dat Allah vir ons kus, because wat ons op ons tanks het vir hulle nie. Na'udhu billah, may Allah protect all of us, make Allah grijt us inside and realize, we have responsibility when somebody becomes muslim, we are there to assist, we are there to guide. So we need to say, if this person has become muslim somewhere else, we need to get somebody on that side who can be there for him to be able to and we must go out of our way we must break our back we must go the extra put the extra mile in and if we must make phone calls we must do this and the other but we cannot allow that that our son-in-law gets married to our daughter and have children and then he how is he going to treat those children if he doesn't become muslim if we don't guide him if we and whatever we're going to do, Allah Ta'ala is going to reward us extensively in this dunya and in the akhirah. Right? But we should not allow them to get married. No, before marriage, the circumcision must take place. Not, the, not you marry first and then the circumcision. You get Muslim first and then circumcision is a necessity. And we cannot allow you to get married the, the week you get, you get circumcised. Because that week you, need to be, you want to be intimate with your partner. And you already have gone to the doctor for circumcision. The circumcision must be finished and clear and all over. And then you can get married to our daughter, right? But we don't allow you to get married the weekend or the week when you it's a, you get Muslim and you get circumcised. And well, after the circumcision is well all over done. And for that, you need approximately two weeks, no less than two weeks, to know that, the, alhamdulillah, you are healthy and strong. And now you can interact because... At that time, you want to be able to be intimate with your partner. And if you're going to do so after you've just had the circumcision, most probably you can hurt the process of your life. Now, the Billah may Allah protect. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then there's another message that came through question. It says, Assalam, I just want to know if by any chance, if I don't know if my mother didn't slaughter a sheep for me when I was young, I'm married now. What can I do now, Kanala? Yes, uh, if if you uh, the circumcision, the the uh, sorry, not the circumcision, the sunat, uh, the the uh, slaughtering of the sheep, as we said, what happens when your baby is born, when the child. If you don't know whether your parents have done that for you, and it should have been done before the age of nine years or, or before you become mukallaf, then and, and now you are a married person, then the best is to be able to have. If you not the akika, now you can have the qurban. You do the qurban and you ask Allah to accept from all of us, inshallah. Inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then there's another one that came through. It says, Salams. I always hear people say, a female that embraces Islam must be circumcised. Is that true? Uh, from the side of, of, of female circumcision, it has become a common thing within the world that we're living in today. And if I say that into certain, certain cultures and people... Islam doesn't have a very clear-cut process of circumcision for that. Some scholars go to the extent by saying it must be done. Now, we need to be able to understand what happens in the process of circumcision. Now, sometimes, uh, I'm referring now to a female. If the, in, in the private parts of the female there is like a something that sticks out from her private parts, and this thing moves around against her legs and it creates emotion for her, and in, in that case, it would be best to have her circumcised, and that would be a small child, right? To have her circumcised then. If this is not norm, then circumcision is not a, a recommended or, or, or a needed thing for a female, right? Because what it does, it actually stimulates the emotions of the child to be able to want to be uh, connected to, to the opposite sex. Now, 
Here we need to understand the age of puberty is the age where Allah allows the sexual emotion to happen in the child. But if the child's normal private parts is normal and there's nothing sticking out there and it's not going to stimulate processes uncomfortably, then it's quite norm that we don't need to be able to circumcise. Yeah, shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then, yes, something that is uh, not relating to circumcision. Just say, Salam, must a woman wear a scarf when she makes food, etc.? Um, yes. Uh, as to when does a woman wear a scarf, um, allow me to say this for our Muslim ladies and gentlemen, all our ladies out there, and I'm referring here to my own daughters and my, and my own family members as, as, as females. It is it has been norm in the time of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the woman, if they are a decent, free woman, and they, are, they consider themselves decent and respectable, and they see themselves as ladies, and they feel proud of themselves, that they will always have a scarf on their head. That is a general, normal lady who has been proud of themselves. They, they, they pride of being Muslim. They will always have something on their head. Because it happened to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the time of Jahiliyyah, right at the beginning, prior to the coming of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam becoming a Nabi, that the wife of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Khadija radiallahu anha, she had a scarf always, or she always wore a scarf, right? Or that is what the women always did. They wore scarves as, as a norm to cover their, 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 their heads. And so... She said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one day when he told her sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he's afraid of the fact that this thing that comes to him is this something good or something bad? Is this some evil processes that comes to him? Is it positive things? So she said to him, do me a favor, when he is around again, just show me, just indicate to me that he's around, he comes to you. So that day... When Jibreel came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam indicated to Sayyidina Khadija radiallahu anha that Jibreel is here now. And when she got the message that Jibreel is here, immediately she took off her scarf and she shook, shook her hair. Right? And then immediately the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to her, he's gone, he's not here. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and she said to him, and, and then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when she placed on her scarf onto her head and she covered her head again thereafter, then Jibreel came back. I hope what I've said here now is sufficient as an answer to the lady asking the question, is it recommended for women to put a, uh, something on their head when they do the food in the kitchen? When you work for somebody else in any kitchen, they would want to say to you, please do not work with a bare head. Your hair can fall into the food. It will be very, very uncomfortable. But from your hair, so many other things can come from there. May Allah protect and see that we actually benefit ourselves what is best for dunya and for akhirah. Shukran so much for that. However, we have concluded this previous segment being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And we're now going to be branching into leadership in Islam and its progression. However, they answered a few questions, Sheikh, that uh, we did not answer and we'll definitely try our best in terms of answering that. Now, here's a question that came through with regards to our previous segment in um, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? As is Salams, I want to know if you can do an akika on Eid al-Adha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yes, and the shukran for the question. Akika can be done right till we get. 
Shukran so much for that. There are no further questions with regards to the previous segment, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. So now Sheikh can have the opportunity to branch into our final topic being leadership in Islam and its progression and give our brains a bit of a refresher as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday, inshallah. Sheikh Rahim. Shukran for that one, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, yesterday we went into the process of um, in leaders, how do we able to see that leaders groom other leaders and how they develop in that process. Bella Grant is pr- uh, of those who actually develop through those processes ourselves, inshallah. Bella Grant, khair and barakat to all of us, inshallah. Barakallah fikum. In our last program, we dealt with the development of, of the leaders and we, we went to the extent of speaking about the Islamic qualities that they ought to be. We mentioned to the Sandra some qualities that there is. And, and we, we showed you certain of the ayat of how Allah showed us what happens in the leadership of Nabi Musa, of how they recognize certain qualities of him. In the, the, the lady said to her father, uh, Oh, my dad, indeed it is best for one who hires another person to see that that person is strong and trustworthy. Or if, if, if he gets married to us or interacts with us, he must be a strong person, but he must be somebody that's trustworthy as well. So yes, in leadership, these are qualities. And we also saw the other one of how Nabi, Nabi Yusuf, Allah Ta'ala grants him where he comes out of the jail and having to have been through the difficult moments in his life. And when they question him to be able to ask what is the understanding of the dream of the king, then he gives his uh, support to that. And then thereafter, when they don't know now who and what do we put in charge here to look after these things, and he says, Nabi Yusuf said, appoint me over the, show, the storehouses of the land. Indeed, I will be a guardian that is knowing, that is a person who understands, that has the skill and the knowledge I've been fed by Allah as how to deal with those things. So we see the leadership qualities and we've looked at, at those qualities and see how Allah guides us with that. Until the moment we said, it's such an important factor for us to realize in the process of leadership that the leader is somebody who needs to be participative in his management and there is checks and balances in place and that he keeps his relationship with people. He grooms other leaders. He has the capacity to groom many other leaders. He has the ability to guide others so they become leaders as well. And we see this happening in the leadership of our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he, he, he brought about a whole generation of leaders to lead and to guide. He said that they are the stars. If you need to be able to find yourself in difficulty anywhere, you go to them and you try to ask of them to guide you along and their guidance will be the guidance of success. They will guide you, they will be the stars for success for the way forward. Subhanak, and this is what we've seen. But similarly, Allah wants all of us to be able to become stars ourselves, to be leaders ourselves, and to be able to see that in the capacity of building ourselves, we bring about leadership in the generations to come. And it's such an important aspect. Um, that we recognize that the leaders you develop further is for the simple reason to improve your leadership qualities 
by correcting your errors and mistakes that you've done yesterday. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu says to us in a hadith, or in, in just one of his advices to us, he says, he, he acted as a leader amongst his leaders. And he never sent the senior companions out of his governance away. Instead, he kept them around him to make sure they correct him if he makes any mistakes. Subhanak la hawla wa That they can always be there in guidance and direction. And so, as we've said yesterday, the importance of understanding <coughs> how do we go about to, 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 to nurture and to rear others and to groom others to become the leaders of the future. And in the process of that, we see that leaders needs to be lenient to their followers and they need to be forgiving and realize that they, they, their followers is human beings they probably can uh, they can make mistakes and when you forgive them they probably you create a willingness and committed to be able to the subordinates and the subordinates can become committed and willing leaders of the future and the import, one important aspect they say needs to happen within leadership is the fact that leaders must always have respect, must be worthy of respect, and they must be respectable themselves. And they must be kind and forgiving, and as we know the words of Allah Ta'ala that happens in the process, and more so the issue of consultation that they always must be amongst the Muslim Ummah in the family and in the home and in the community in the organizations that there is leadership must see that consultation is a norm um, in, in, in one of the words of Allah or one of the, the ayat of Allah Allah says to us in Surah Maryam Oh Yahya, take this book with with power. And Allah to ties let me see, be determined in your way did you take the matter. We gave him deep insight and wisdom from a very, very young as in a young child. Right? And then Allah Ta'ala mentioned to us in another surah, Surah Ali Imran, and Allah Ta'ala mentions وَأَنِسْبِرُوا وَاتَّكُوا فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ مِنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ And Allah says that a person needs to be able to be to persevere and to be patient and to be have fear for Allah Ta'ala. These are all the process of leadership that needs to be in the leaders, inshaAllah. And then Allah says, indeed, that is of the matters worthy of determination. مِنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ of the Determined, it's very important matters in the life of a mu'min is to see as a believer that we have a sense of sabr, we persevere, we uh, uh, recognize that, 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 that all things doesn't happen our way and that we have consciousness of Allah today and the way we deal with things. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshaAllah. And then um, we come into what we call the last but least processes. Of, of what we say here that part of leadership is to be able to be people with wisdom people with insight people with knowledge um, and to be able to have that wonderful judgment when they judge on matter they look at not one side they're very open balance and they are knowledgeable about the processes and that we say they demand respect 
that they have a sense of dependence and tawakkul on Allah always and here must probably be I want to mention to you the, the, the uh, of what happened with Abu Bakr al-Siddiq he, de- he demonstrated tawakkul in its purest forms he was described as being a being too faithful to leave any room for planning and too tactical and vigorous in his planning to leave any room for faith meaning he has the capacity that his tawakkul is so firm his dependence and reliance is so firm that he did not he didn't need to be able to look at what does the planning say because his, his, his belief in Allah, his dependence is Allah's wanting to do that which Allah wanted for him and last but not least that we want to put onto your understanding of the role that they need to be in a person who wants to be a leader for now in this in this segment here is the process of the person needing to be a role model listen to Allah's words in the Holy Quran وَلَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَلَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرُ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا We are in our last part of the program being leadership in Islam and its progression and just before we continue Sheikh your was a question that came through just as we were ending off on our second part of the program being I am a Muslim what is expected of me with regards to the Akika as well as the Qurban and it says you're on our SMS line from the number 3420 Zero. This is Assalam Sheikh. Why one sheep for a girl and two for a boy? Does Allah not say both male and female are equal? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi wa hadu wa salatu wa salamu ala malla nabiya ba'ad. I like the question, but I want to be able to let the people understand the way I'm going to deal with the answer of this question. I think your, your attention is extremely important here. People, if you don't mind, no disrespect, you and I are Muslim, and what makes us Muslim? What makes us Muslim? Submission to Allah and Allah is in command and Allah states and Allah shows and his Prophet which he has sent to guide you and me to this deen. So the question, the normal question in our life is always to ask not why this and why that and how come this and how come that. Our question that we should ask, what does Allah Ta'ala say? What is Allah's command? What does Allah expect? That is the first question we should ask. And then we say, and how did our Nabi sallallahu implement that? Or what did he add to, cl- to clarify that which comes from Allah Ta'ala? That is, should be foremost in our life. Not ask the questions, didn't this happen? Didn't that happen? Shouldn't this happen? That doesn't make us Muslim. That doesn't make me Muslim. That makes me almost a person who goes out of this deen. What makes me Muslim is when I find out is, it, is this what Allah says and I strive to follow that. Now the path of having to choose one or two sheep is Allah and His Rasul we commanded that. And Allah, and we've said this prior already, we said this over and over, that Allah did create the female to be absolutely different to the males. No males ever, ever, ever the same to a, as a female, and no female as ever, ever in the laws of Allah the same. And so Allah don't put on the male exactly the same as Allah put on the female. The male has got his responsibility, and the female has got her responsibility. She must see that she loves to want to love, her rule and regulation comes from Allah and His Rasul for her to love that and he must see that he loves his. So the male is made the Sultan, Allah has made him, he is 
and he needs to become the Sultan. He needs to be the leader. He needs to see that. And the female is not equally going to be the Sultan. The male is the Sultan of the whole family and he needs to be the, the Sultan with a vision of even what happens outside where it's only the responsibility of the female in her duty that Allah has given to her that she must be able to look at the needs of what is in the house for the benefit. And yes, Allah did give job descriptions to males and did give job descriptions to females. And the females must see that they carry that out and do not worry them, but shouldn't they be equal? They are not equal in Allah's law. Allah's law has created for that reason when the child is a baby and he, is, he or she is drinking from the mother, then the girl, if she wets the mother, then that clothing must be washed. Because she's a female. And Allah knows why. And this is the way the Nabi sallallahu informs us. And when it is a boy and he's only drinking from his mother, then you can only sprinkle your wet hand on there. And that sprinkling allows you to make salah in that garment which the baby has wetted you on with you. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa Showing that Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger knows best for you and for me. For all of us. We don't know. Remember, we have no perception. We don't know what's expected. And we turn to Allah and to His Messenger and they instruct, they direct, they nurture, and they expose us to the understanding in submission to Allah. May Allah grant us Muslimin. I believe this person had the wonderful intention to ask the question to be able to be guided. And thus, yes, we're not here to break down, but we want to say to the person, our submission is women, males and females, Allah has created them different and Allah wish for them that to become successful and they develop in the process of the differences that they have. Shukran so much for that. If we have a few minutes left to the program, do know that we are going to be breaking at 3.52 for the Asr package, inshallah. And also we are in our segment being Leadership in Islam and Progression. And here we have a question with regards to that segment, Sheikh. It says, I have a son and his wife that studies in Newcastle. Every month I send them money, but now my other son that is also married with two children that lives with me tells me that I am being unfair towards him because I don't give them but he is also not working but I and I have to see to them as well am I being unfair towards them yes uh, um, the, the interpretation of children nowadays as what they look at the parents very quick to say to ya remember the rule and the law of understanding in leadership a person, when it comes to parents, we do not give to the one child without having to give to the other child. But if we look at the one child is staying far away and mummy send them for what is the need because they're both not working and they're both studying the dean and they're going to come back to be able to help in the development of this, then that is what mummy is sending to them. That's quite, quite permissible. There's nothing wrong. But the situation is, but mummy is not unfair reason why I'm saying mommy is not unfair is the other child is not working and he's living on mommy's on mommy's he was supposed to go and work and he was supposed to see that he feeds mommy and he feeds his mommy and his brother and their family he had to be there to want to see that he as a boy he has the capacity and he's got no excuse he's not working sorry he can do any job he can even clean the neighbors uh, uh, gardens and he can even uh, uh, wash cars. 
So there's no job in Islam. There's no such thing. I cannot work. Why can't you work if you don't have? You can do a million and one different jobs. Working is an ibadah, and it's a necessity. It's a fart upon him. He needs to see that he needs to go out for his family. He cannot beg and wait mummy to make food. He stays in mummy's house already. He lives under mummy's roof. He's enjoying all the luxuries of mummy, and still he wants to complain. How dare he? Shame upon him that he still complains. Instead, mummy must remind him how much do I give to you in comparison which I don't give to the others. They don't even stay here. They stay far away. They don't have all the luxuries that you have. They must struggle. They must get these things. Here you enjoy the fact of being under my roof and here you enjoying all the rights to be able to be feed. I must look after. I must work and I must see to you. Instead, it was your responsibility in this deen to go and see and you've got no right as a child to complain. Stop complaining and take your duty as a child because you are mukallaf, you are also married, you're supposed to be a, a, a sultan in your own home, you are not proving yourself to be a leader for what Islam expects to do. And especially here, if you can't find a job, do anything to see that you work. You should last be the person to want to complain. But mommy dare not give you a single cent. Mummy sees to them and it's not unfair if you are living in mummy's house. Instead, you should feel as a child ashamed of yourself that you still can find a reason to pinpoint your finger to your mom and to be able to say to her things that you will have to bear uncomfortable because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, if this is the way you treat your parents, your children must treat you the same. Beware of that. Beware of this is serious. This is absolutely serious. Don't be of those who just want it their way and because of their greed, because they want this, that and the other. Na'udhu billah. May Allah protect all of us. And I'm not here to be able to fight this child. I want to let this child understand. We want you to come to recognition of the fact. What is my responsibility? May Allah guide you and me and all our children under the path of success. To live as true Muslimin and to die as Muslimin. Allahumma amin amin ya rabbal alameen. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. There is no further questions. We are now at 3.51. And y'all allow Sheikh to make the closing dua, inshallah. And okay. also if Sheikh want to end off on and a motivational note. Can I just a reminder, Andy? Yes, sure. A reminder of what happens the weekend to come is that we're having a, a, a workshop. It's happening in the, the masjid in Lentechi, a Mitchell's plane. Um, we invite everybody of the area there and whosoever of other areas to also come along to the, the way. It starts at 3 o'clock and ends at 5, insha'Allah. Jazakumullah khair, barakallahu fikum. Let us now make the final dua together. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wal asr innal insan lafi husr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihat wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bil sabr. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala ahli wa ashabi wa barik wa salim. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdulillah. نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم باركنا في في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين الحمد لله رب العالمين and on that note from myself Yasmina Pearson as well as Faldi Fandalili and Zarina Talib we bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh